This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, praise the Lord. Good to see you in the house of God. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up? We love to accommodate you and get the Word of God in your hand where you can see what the Bible said. You know, sometimes people say, man, Pastor, you're old-fashioned. No, I still believe in the Word of God. I believe something happens when you learn to get into the Word of God and you begin to dig. There are buried treasures in there, but you've got to get a hold of the Word of God and watch what God will do. Once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of Mark chapter 3. Now, we're on our second week just talking about what's next. And to give you a little uh, review of last week, we've been talking about what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Remember, the definition of disciple was a follower or a student. And so we give our hearts to Jesus. We become followers of Christ, disciples of Christ. Now, I begin to think about what we're going to talk about today. And if we had a gun that I could point at people and it would read your mind and then whatever it was you were thinking about, it would come up here on the big screen. I don't have a gun like that. I wish I did. It'd be awesome, you know. But if we did, what would you be thinking about right now? Lunch, what you got to do later today. Some of you be maybe thinking about, oh, the Cowboys are in trouble without Romo again. And so, you know, just a different way that our minds go about. But if you were ever to shoot that gun at the Lord Jesus, his thoughts were always on people. Always about people. And I believe in the three plus years that he was with his disciples, that was the one of the greatest things he said, you got to get a hold about people. And if you remember, there was a complaint about Jesus that some of the the religious folks said to him, why does your teacher eat with sinners and tax collectors? In other words, why does he spend an incredible amount of time around people that really, really doesn't matter? But that was never how Jesus thought. And so we're going to give you some teaching today, some biblical examples, and I believe it will change your heart. Begin with me the book of Mark, chapter 3, verse 13. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and he called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Now, Jesus wants every one of us. We're all children created by God, but there's a key in there, and it said that they came to him. That's my choice to come to Jesus. And when you come to Jesus... He's going he's to touch your heart. He's going to change you. Keep reading with me here. Then he appointed, the word pointed there means to make someone into something. And he appointed 12 that they might be with him, that they may accompany him, that they may learn from him. And that he may send them out to preach, to tell other people about the good news, that they actually were to become his messengers and his representatives. To become his hands, his mouth right here on earth. And to have power. The word power there, you get two meanings. The word exosia and the word dynamite or dunamis. And and so he says power. And when you see that word there, it's delegated authority. He says, I'm giving you all the authority that I have. And guess what? He's never rescinded that promise. And so what was the power for? To heal the sick and to cast out demons. So we go back, and most of the time we look at this in three ways. We're called to preach, we're called to lay hands on the sick, and we're called not to put up with the devil. 
But actually, there's one more in there. And in verse 14, i got to pay close attention to this because he said there that they may be with him. That we may be with him. And so that's the very first point, that I can never get away from not being with him, hanging out with him, living life with him. And if it's not about him, then it's going to be about me. And when it's about me, that's not a good thing here. And so right here, the Lord Jesus says, I want you to be with me. And again, you see right there the importance of people. Jesus was always about people. Even to the point when he was on the cross, his last breath here on earth, he did three things. He looked at John and he said, take care of my mother. The point of death, he's still concerned about his mother. Then the second thing he does, he looks at the criminal and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then he looks up into heaven on his last, last breath here on earth and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so to the very last part of his death, before he died, it was about people. Always concerned about people. And I don't believe we can ever get away from that. Look with me the book of Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And and when you study Jesus' life, people were always priority. That's what mattered in If you ever saw Jesus really get upset, it was when people didn't treat other people right. And so something's got to get in our heart here. That we change the way we see other people. We change the way we we treat each other. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up. Now that term there, received up. It refers to his suffering, his death, his resurrection, and ultimately his ascension into heaven. But when you think about Jesus' suffering and his death, who was that for? People. People, once again. So it says, before he was received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face... And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans prepared for him. Now, the Jews and the Samaritans had been enemies for centuries. And when the Jews were on their way back to Jerusalem to worship, they would do everything they could to avoid going through Samaria. Keep reading, verse 53. But they, the Samaritans, did not receive him Because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Now, what you begin to see here, that they weren't very hospitable to Jesus. The Samaritans were a mixed race. And for centuries, them and the Jews had tension. They had been hostility. They never did interact with each other. They, in other words, treated each other disrespectfully. Now, as I looked at this right here, It says that they really weren't hospitable to Jesus. Think about this in your life and my life. How do you treat other people when they're not kind to you? How do you treat other people when they're unfair to you in your eyes? Now, the thought here is this. I can't change other people. 
The only person that I can change is me. And so I got to get away from the point, well, I'll treat them the way they treat me. Again, I've got to get, get away from that and begin to say, okay, Lord Jesus, what would you want me to do? How would you want me to live? And again, there was hostility between the Jews and the Samaritans, but not Jesus. Again, Jesus didn't have problems with them. Keep reading. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? So in other words, James and John say here, Lord, do you want us to retaliate? Do you want us to show them what they get when they do this to us? Now, every time I look at this, you begin to see that they get away from Jesus' commands. They literally were taking their power or authority and they wanted to use it for destruction. But that was never Jesus' heart. Never. Now look at his response in verse 55. But he turned and he rebuked them. The Amplified said he severely rebuked them. Now understand this about a rebuke. A rebuke wasn't to slap you. A rebuke wasn't to put you down. A rebuke wasn't to say you're no good. The rebuke he did was to teach them and say, let me model to you what we should do. And so he severely rebuked them and he said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are. Boys, you're out of character right here. Why was he saying this to them? Because they said, do you want us to cast down fire upon these people that don't act like we do? And they may not look like we do? And Jesus said, you're out of character. In the Beatitudes, which you find in Matthew 5 and 6 mostly, in Matthew 5.44, the Lord Jesus said this. He said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Now again, that's exactly opposite of what the world says. What does the world say? They treat you wrong, you treat them wrong. Get them before they get you. But Jesus gives a completely different playbook. Love your enemies. And again, I don't believe he was joking. I don't believe this was just an expression or something to take up a few pages in the Bible. Jesus actually did this. And he modeled this for us. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. And when I read that, it's like the Lord is saying, you got to get a hold of this. you got to get a hold of this, not only to us, but also to his disciples. And so this is the reality of eternity. That every person that we're around right now, and every person that we cross their path with today, they'll either spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, or they'll spend eternity in hell. And so right here he's saying, get my heart on the inside of you. Jesus was saying even to these guys, love people, save people, even the Samaritans. You know, the only thing that will cross over into this next life or eternity is people. You came into this world with nothing, and you're going to leave with nothing. 
But realize this, every one of us have a heavenly bank account. And that heavenly bank account will reveal who you helped, who you influenced to get into the kingdom of God. Now, when I read that, I have to ask myself this question. Am I bankrupt heavenly because I've never concerned about anybody else? And so these are just some of the words that Jesus said. And what Jesus did was incredibly He saw people's potential. He didn't see them how they were. He saw them how they could be. He could look at a sinner and see a saint. He could look at a prostitute and see purity. He could look at a tax collector and see a giver. Now think about that in your life. How did you look before you gave your heart to Jesus? Thank God he looked at potential Because he took a mess and he made a miracle. I mean, I look back at my life and I thought, oh my gosh, thank God he sees us how we could be instead of how we are. But again, that's the level he brings up to me and you to quit putting people in a box. Quit saying because they look differently. Quit saying because they act differently. Just love them. Just love that. That's what America's in need of right now. That's what the world's in need of right now. Just the love of God. And so again, we sing the song, I've been found in you. The one who says, says, he took a sinner and he made him free. Once an orphan, now a king. Once a liar, now believed. And so again, I love to put myself in there because I got a huge past. I got a bad track record before Jesus got into my heart. But again, when Jesus got in my heart, things begin to change. That's how every one of us in this room are. There's none of us in this room who are perfect. None of us have, have never sinned. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So the thought is a lot of times people have this. Well, church is only for perfect people. Well, if church was for perfect people, would you be accepted as a member? I know I wouldn't have been. But again, the love of God covers a multitude of sin. God loves us. Look with me in the book of Matthew chapter 4. And I'm going to give you a couple passages here that I believe will help you. Just to change the way you do stuff. And so, as you're turning to Matthew 4, let me tell you a little bit about the story of my life. When, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I had been working at a utility company. Well, the utility company I worked at every day, I was in the alleys. Up and down the alleys. Well, you know, when you go up and down the alleys, a lot of times you find your city's finest in the alleys. The, the homeless, the winos, the people that nobody care about. And the Lord began to change my heart right there. And I would sense him on a daily basis of saying, if this person died today, would anybody miss them? And I began to, to literally look forward to a daily basis to get around those guys in the alley and the women and it was, it was an incredible training ground for me just to see the love of God. And again, this is a, a cliche of mine, but you don't just speak into people's life. You earn the right to speak into people's lives. How do you earn the right to speak into people's lives? You spend time with them. See, it's one thing to tell a person, I love you. It's another thing to show them. And so I could look at them and tell them, Jesus loves you. And you know what they do? They just kind of look at me like, yeah, right. 
But when I begin to reach out to them and I give them an apple, something as simple as an apple, I begin to make headway with them. And something would begin to change in me toward them. And I could go down the street and I'd see them and man, they'd be yelling and they would wave and everything. And I can truthfully tell you to this day, there's times I miss the alley experience. Because again, it's just to love people. Just to love them. Watch this here in Matthew 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me. The Amplified says, follow me as disciples, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, I'm going to change your occupation a little bit. You've always tried to catch fish, but now you're going to catch men. And it's always interesting that when Jesus was looking about forming a team that would lead his church into the future, he would look at fishermen. So again, this shows me it wasn't about eloquence. And it wasn't so much about giftings and talents. It was about a heart. And he said, follow me. Follow me. Hang out with me and I'll make you a fisher of men. They immediately left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John, his brother. And then with the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, he called them. And immediately left their boat and their father and they followed him. The Amplified says they joined his disciples. Now, both of these passages here, he never did say, before you come with me, you got to do this and you got to do that. No, he said... Just come. Just come as you are. The starting point is, I just come. And what I found out in my life is when I just come and I keep hanging around Jesus and I keep studying the Word of God and I keep making those divine appointments just to worship and praise Him, something begins to change in my heart. Let me tell you a little thing that I've been doing for the last couple of weeks anyways. And I'd seen the illustration before. But it's like you pull up a chair in your house. And you sit across from another chair, an empty chair. And Jesus doesn't care if you have your coffee with you or not. That's okay. But I find myself starting my day this way. And I can get real still. And again, if Jesus is to order my steps and he's to lead me every day, don't you think it'd be important to get the game plan from him on a daily basis? And you know what that means for me at times? Be quiet. Be quiet. A lot of times when we get in the presence of God, we just want to talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell him all our problems and our issues. But what would happen if he would begin to tell us, things that will take place on a daily basis. And when I find myself getting in the presence of God and getting real quiet, and I'm not talking in hours, guys, I'm talking about a matter of minutes. Or I can just say, Lord, I, I want to know your heart for today. Begin to share with me thanks. He'll lead me to be a fisher of men. Look at the last verse here in verse 23 in this passage. And Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, 
and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. Among the people. It's all meaningless if there's not people. And so again, when he says among the people, for me and you, we got to get among the people. And sometimes when you get among the people, it's not always pleasant. It's not always easy. Sometimes you get rejected. I love the Proverbs because it says, where the ox or the trough is clean, there are no oxen. But with the oxen, you get the stuff. So again, when you have people, you're going to have messes. But again, it's worth it. That I get among the people and I begin to love them and I begin to just show them the love of God. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Now I've got a couple more passages here that I want you to see. Because every one of us in this room are called to be soul winners. Every one of us. Regardless where you're at, you're called to be a fisher of men. Sometimes that's just a hello. Sometimes that's just a thank you. My wife, periodically, she informs me that we have to go to Walmart, which is cruel and unusual punishment for me. But it's always a, a learning place for me. And many times when we get to the, the little checker, I mean, on the outside, their hair may be good, but on the inside, it's just all messed up. They're all goofed up because of how they've been treated all day, how they've been abused. And it's a patience area for me. But something happens that if you ever take the time to say, thank you, God bless you, God loves you, it's almost like you get a spark just like that from a human being. That it's like they recognize you see something that they need today. So many times in my life, it's this, I'm in a hurry. Let me get in and let me get out. But again... Got to take time for people. Acts chapter 1, verse 7. And Jesus said to them, It is for not for you to know the times, a span, a duration of time, a period, or length, or seasons. Suggest the time also. He said, It's not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own authority. To me, you know what the Lord is telling us right there? Don't get bogged down with times and seasons. Don't get so caught up when he's going to return that you miss out on life. But you shall receive power. Here's this word power again. Exosia or dunamis again. Power for what? That you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. And so he tells me and you, He's going to give us the Holy Spirit. Now, if you were look at this whole passage starting in verse 4, this was a command. Don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And he says right there, when my Spirit comes upon you, you're going to become a witness for me. So again, the power that he's telling us was to change people for the glory of God. Now look at the assignment here. Witnesses to me... In Jerusalem and Judea. Highlighted, those are the Jews. And Samaria. 
the very place where we read about how he had been uh, uh, not treated right. But yet he said, go into Samaria, go into that place where it was a mixed race. And he says, into the ends of the earth, which means specifically to the Gentiles. So Jesus was telling his disciples, win them all. Witness to every one of them. Now when I read that, this is areas that the Lord begins to deal with my heart. And I can be very transparent up here because I'm just going to show you my heart today again. I have trouble at times with people. The Muslim religion, okay? And oftentimes when I go into the airport, I can look at ones that may have the the scarfs over their head and stuff and sit there and think, I'm better than them. And I see this taking place in our society right now, especially even among uh, uh, Christians, where we begin to look down on people because they may look different, they may act different, they may have a different type of religion. But Jesus once again told his buddies, he said, listen, don't cast fire down on them. Love them. Love them. And so it's one of the ways that the Lord begins to work in my heart toward other people that may look different than me, even the Samaritans. Now again, I believe with all my heart I may be the luckiest pastor in all of Lubbock because the, the, the different colors of skin in here. But I don't want to get caught up in judging other people because of the way they look. He said, love them. Just love them. Verse 9. And when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now the reason I'm reading these next few verses here, when Jesus said, go into all the world here and be witnesses for me, this was literally his last words to the disciples before he was getting out of earth. Think about this. If you were on your deathbed, your children, your loved ones around them, don't you think you'd want your last words to count? It was so important here that this is what Jesus said. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as we went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, angels, who also said, Men of Galilee, you fishermen, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will, some, will so come in a like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So literally, you know what he's telling them? He's coming back, boys. But don't just live your life before he's coming back. Live your life as a witness. This was your assignment. Be my hands. Be my feet. Be my mouth. And Jesus put the trust into humanity. And so it's never ended for me and you. This is the same call. Turn one page to Acts 2. I remember years ago we were out on uh, just off of 50th and Q. That's where our church began to a degree. We were in a place called Briarcroft Court. And I, I still never re- forget this one day that I'm speaking and I see this guy walk in. The back of the church. 
And he was dressed in apparel that pretty well identified him as someone who lived out of the dumpsters. And so after the service, they said he wanted to talk to me. Well, you know, the spiritual man I am, I'm thinking, yeah, he wants to talk to me because he wants money. I'm joking, okay, the spiritual man. And he looks at me with tears coming down his eyes. Right here, I'll never forget. And he said, I need to receive the Jesus that you talked about today. And he smelled like a dumpster. And he had what I call leave me alone cologne on. Whew, it was rugged. Just the smell of someone hadn't bathed. I'd been around that before in the, the alleys. And this is what the Lord said to me that day. He said, I died for that smell. I've never forgot that. I've never forgot it. And we can't ever forget people. Acts 2. Now, as I read this here in Acts 2, I'm going to reverse 1, 2, and 3. And I want you to act today like you were there. Watch the words real close. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and the day of Pentecost, guys, was an annual Jewish feast, better known as the Feast of Weeks, it had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. So if we would have been there that day, we would have been there in one accord. You know what that means? We would have all been there in total unity. We'd been, we're part of the team. We're all here in unity. We're together. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Not a wind, but like the sound of a wind, suggesting the mighty unseen power of the Holy Spirit. Not by might nor by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one set upon each of them. Now the reason I highlight that is because this is literally the presence of the Holy Spirit again. It's very similar to how Moses saw the burning bush. So these fires that set upon each one of them, if it would have taken place that day, I, I could have looked at Sydney and there would have been a fire on her head. Now I couldn't see the fire on my head, but I'd seen it on hers. And I'd seen fire on Joel's head. And he had to say, look, dude, you got fire on your head. And he'd say, you got fire on your head. Now here's the point in this. My fire was no bigger than his. And his fire was no bigger than mine. But if you'll note there, it said that the fire came upon each one. Guess what this morning? You're an each. I'm an each. And so this was again the power of the Holy Spirit where he said, I want you to be witnesses for me. John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world. God so loved the people of the world. In Matthew 22, it's where he gives the, the, the golden rule. Love God, love people. Pretty simple, wasn't it? Proverbs 11.30, he said, He who wins souls is wise. Something happens, guys, when Jesus gets on the inside of me. I'm not to be ashamed of the gospel. I'm not to be ashamed of being a Christian. 
I am to be bold as a lion, but as harmless as a dove. And tell people the good news. Because I love people. I love people. See, I think what happens a lot of times when we talk about church, people believe church is for perfect people. People believe church is for good people. People who've never made a mistake. People who've never done anything wrong. If that was the case, then why was Jesus around the tax collectors and the sinners? For God so loved the world. And so I believe Jesus is wanting every one of us in this room to have a change of heart today. Where I begin to literally care about people. Even in my words and my actions. And the way that happens is when we begin to follow him. We begin to live for him and we say, oh Lord Jesus, we need you. Help us. Now the job you're working at right now, it's just not for you to have a paycheck. You're called to be the salt of that place. And many times when we get in workplaces, we get around people that are so ungodly. You know what we say? God, I need a new job. Get me out of there. Have you ever thought maybe, just maybe, 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 that God's got you right where you want, right where he wants you? Because you're the only voice that he has there. I've been there. I've been there numerous times where I'd say, Lord, i got to get out of here. These guys are a bunch of sinners. That's right. And so before long, I realized I'm here to witness. I'm here to love people like he did. You know, it was about a month ago. One of those guys, probably the honoriest one of them, he's the one. And I said right here that morning, he was here. He's given his heart to Jesus. And he's the one I'd tell you about that when I'd say good morning, he'd give me the finger. Throughout the day, I'd wave to me. And so he was standing right here and I told him, I said, I've, I've told about you right here. And he said to me, he said, that wasn't the worst things I've done to you. And you know what I said to him? You're right. I remember all the things you did, but you know what? He cried. He cried and he wept. And he said, I've seen God work in my life. So don't give up on people. There's some of you in this room right now. You're the salt of your family. You're the only personal visitation of Jesus Christ that they may ever see. And you may say, I don't want that responsibility. Yeah, you do. You just love them, you just love them, you just love them, and you just keep loving. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.